to say like so many times and I'm really because I wanted to punch you in the titty (laughs) hi everyone welcome back to another episode of the spice rack podcast I'm Savannah and I'm Emily and we have a banger a literal banger this week and we are so excited to talk about it Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey, the queen. But before we get into talking about the book, we'll kind of share how we're doing. So Emily, how are you? I'm good. So on the theme of Fix Her Up in baseball, um, my brother had a baseball game yesterday. They were ums and coaches fighting. Like it was just like the coach was telling the ump, like, are you blind? We had some pickles, which like in baseball is kind of like monkey in the middle. Like it was just like, it was almost like an MLB game. So we had that. And then Today has just been an errand day. Pick up laundry, pick up some stuff. So other than that, I'm fine and dandy. So you went to David's baseball game last night and it was active. And then you ran errands today. So you are a housewife is what I'm learning. Yeah, it's pretty much just like a glorified housewife. Because like right now I start school back in August. And like our whole summer is like travel ball with my parents working. So there's no point in me getting a job right now. I mean, I agree. I don't understand why I have a job right now either. So I think that none of us should, like, I just don't think I should be working. I think I should be like maybe cooking a little dinner, doing the Peloton at like 10, 1030 in the morning, sleeping in. That would be my ideal day. Well, I was always like telling mom, like, like earlier in life, like I can never be a stay at home mom. Like I'm going to work, but now it doesn't sound bad. It doesn't. It doesn't sound bad. Sounds like a freaking dream if we're being honest, but I'm good. No, no complaints, really. I finally got out of my book slump, which I am thrilled about. Stayed up until 1 a.m. last night reading a book. So you got out of your um, book slump. So what are you currently reading? Okay. I started a series by the sisters. If you know me, you've heard me talk about the sisters because they wrote Zodiac Academy, Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac. They And they just write these long ass books and I eat them up. So they wrote a bully reverse harem romance and it they wrote it during quarantine and so basically it's this like retelling of covid if you were stuck at boarding school with these like four bullies so that's currently where i'm at is i'm reading covid porn kind of like that's how i would describe it but it's good I finished The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren, which got me thinking, and I'll ask you this. So in the book, the guy, Dr. Rivers, so he created this dating app that's based off a genetic sample. And like, I would so totally sign up to do that. Would you do it? So when I read The Soulmate Equation, I had the same thought because I have read it and I did like it. It was cute. He was hot. I was into it. was him. hot. But they talked about like, would you do this? And if you enter the match and you're married, like, would you leave your partner? So I think because I'm currently married, I wouldn't want to do it. But if I was single, then yeah, I would, because I wouldn't care. But like, what, I don't know if Seth and I would be DNA match. Like that would bum me out so bad if it was like, you have a 0% match. And so I don't think I would want to know. It was a pretty interesting concept when I was reading it. And then once I finished that, so I read her shadows his secrets by cc uh, Monroe. oh, oh yes. <laughs> and the end zone by lj shin both these books were pure smut like there is no plot with either of these two books like it was just 
pure smut with like a trinkle of a little plot for just but like every page they're having sex or something yeah like, it was just pure like pure smut for both books and then now I'm reading Colty by Mariana Zapata. Oh and, my god, you are reading such good books right now. And it's a slow burn, so it's definitely different from going from 15 straight up chapters of sex to soccer. All right, but, Her Shadows, His Secrets, I read on an airplane coming back from traveling for work. I finished this book as the plane touchdown of me getting home. And I got in the car and I was like, Seth, we need to make a little pit stop on the way home because I just read this book and it was pure smut and it's all I've been doing for five hours. So let's like stop for a bit and then then we can go home because it was so spicy. It was so good. It was so good. It could make it. I remember I texted you. I was like, this could get like a brick wall pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, and that's the same thing with the, with the end zone. It was a novella. So it took mm. me an hour to read, but it was just like straight smut and sex the epilogue bonus epilogue straight smut like nothing changed mm. I loved Colty too Mariana Zapata does not miss I'm does obsessed with her she's so good does not miss and so I know it's kind of hard to get into right now but I just know it's gonna be worth it in the end if I just stick with it so I think I struggled getting into that one too it was one that I put down for a while and then came back to and like devoured Fingers crossed, but she can do no wrong. So I just know it's going to be a five-star read. So I do have a pop culture thing that I would like to discuss. Okay. Is that okay? Definitely. Because something big happened in my life this week that I would like to talk about. And that is that Britney Spears is fucking pregnant. (laughs) I'm so happy for her because I remember when everything was happening with her conservatorship, she was like, I literally cannot even get off of my IUD. Like I I have to be on birth control. And so like she wanted to have another child so badly I know. and for her to have this re- and when she posted it, I was like Brittany I'm an aunt <laughs> like Brittany but the way that her post was written I was like girl are you are you well I was so concerned about her so let me read it because if y'all haven't read this post I feel like you need to know what we're talking about first of all it's this picture this one picture and it has a picture of a coffee and some flowers. I lost so much weight on my Maui trip only to get it back. Arms up emoji, three of them, dot, dot, dot. I thought, geez, dot, dot, dot. What happened to my stomach? My husband said, no, you're food pregnant, silly. Face, three exclamation points. So I got a pregnancy test, dot, dot, dot. And uh, well, dot, 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 I'm having a baby, baby emoji. Four days later, I got a little more food pregnant. Pregnant emoji, monkey four monkey emojis it's growing three exclamation points if there are two in there I might just lose it nervous face five nervous faces like what what is going on through her head I'm so happy that she's having a baby but I just I'm a little concerned yeah I was like is she trying to process this still which probably (laughs) is I was like that why the caption is this way but I'm just so happy for her. I'm so happy for her too. And she's writing a tell-all book. And I will be buying. Will, <laughs> I will sprint. I will sprint on release date to pick that mofo up because you know it's going to be crazy. So good. And I don't really, I don't like to read memoirs, but I will be devouring this. We'll be buying the hard copy. Absolutely. Three memoirs that I've liked. Chanel Miller, Know My Name, which is really heavy, but it's good. 
Emily Ratajkowski, you know, I was obsessed with so, my body. Such a good book. So good. And I did weirdly enjoy Hannah Brown's, but only because I liked the Bachelor drama that she sprinkled in because she gave no fucks about who she was writing about. I haven't read hers, but I, I really think that she was waiting for her contract to expire. And she was like, I'm just going like, all the tea. Yeah, she dropped that. She dropped that mic about Tyler Cameron, which is obviously why I read it because he is <laughs> what a man. And I had to know. So, like I said, we are talking about Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey. I, if Tessa Bailey wrote a memo, I would read it. Like, I read everything that she writes. I think she is so funny. Her smut is top tier. And she just has really good main characters, really good spice, and good energy in her books is how I would describe it. And so, a little bit about Tessa Bailey. New York Times bestselling author Tessa Bailey can solve all problems except for her own. So she focuses those efforts on stubborn, fictional, blue-collar men and loyal, lovable heroines. She lives on Long Island, avoiding the sun and social interactions, then wonders why no one has called. Dubbed the Michelangelo of Dirty Talk by Entertainment Weekly, Tessa writes with spice, spirit, swoon, and a guaranteed happily ever after. Catch her on TikTok at author Tessa Bailey or on Instagram at author Tessa Bailey as well. I pulled her bio from her website because I couldn't talk about her better than she could. Her TikToks are incredible as well. She's so funny. So highly recommend following on TikTok if you haven't already. She is really funny. And Savannah loves Tessa Bailey. And she had me read one of her books, Window Shopping. And I've been sold on Tessa Bailey ever since. Listen, Tessa Bailey wrote a Christmas grumpy sunshine. And the man was the sunshine. And that sums up my entire personality and that was all I needed it was such a good book her dedication for fix her up is another one of the dedication that really like encompasses what the whole book is about so her dedication for this book was to the youngest siblings everywhere okay so talking a little bit about fix her up I'm gonna give a plot review So sweet, lovable, main character Georgie is the youngest in her family and she's always treated like a joke. So she makes it a lifestyle and becomes a birthday party clown. Really, she's just super great with kids and has an incredible knack for party planning, but no one gives her the hype that she deserves, which is really unfortunate. And so I think it really affects her self-confidence and a lot of those things. Enter Travis Ford, down on his luck, former professional baseball player, who gets injured and stumbles back into his hometown. Georgie gets his ass out of bed. Travis was feeling a little depressy. That's okay. So she storms in, throws food at him, gets him out of bed and working for her brother's construction business. But then he has the opportunity to reclaim his shoddy reputation. They literally call him Two Bats. That's his like nickname in the tabloids is Two Bats because he's, he's swinging one bat and he's swinging another bat. Anyways, <laughs> Caster. He and Georgie enter into a fake dating deal so that he can show this sports casting company that he's matured and he's ready to like be a real member of the world and that he's locked down a successful adult woman and can maintain a relationship and she has a perfectly intact wholesome reputation. I think they both battle against what other people think of them a lot. Georgie really is considered a joke by her family and her small town community. Travis is considered a player through and through, not just by the entire world for his reputation, but especially back in this small town. But they think the ultimate best of each other, which is so wholesome. 
Travis thinks that Georgie is way too good for him. And Georgie doesn't think that she's good enough for Travis. But ultimately, they end up being exactly what the other needed. So tropes include brother's best friend, virgin, fake dating. I think that's it. Did I miss any? Sports? I think that was it. Yeah, sports. But anyways, I so that's pretty much the main overview. We'll talk into kind of our individual reviews and a little bit more on the plot. But that's a basic overview of kind of what's going on in this story. I just have to say, don't let this cartoon cover fool you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I was tomato red the whole time I read this book. I was blushing so hard. And I was going over my notes. I started blushing very hard. Travis freaking Ford came in like a wrecking ball. Every time he like he just said, every time he called Georgie baby girl, I like blush. Like I would have proposed like instantly. I absolutely love Georgie and I wanted to yell at her family. Like her sister redeemed herself, but I don't think that there's any family member of Georgie's that I like. They treated her completely unfair. The fake dating trope is one of my favorite tropes, and Tessa Bailey did such an amazing job. The banter between these two was really cute at times, especially when Georgie would stump Travis, but their banter could be so hot. Like Travis freaking Ford can write like a novel on Dirty Talk. Dirty Talk for oh. Dummies 101. Oh, 100%. And I knew that he was a goner when he walked into her house. He was supposed to fix her fireplace and miss the time he was supposed to come to her house. So he came to her house and when he saw that there was a single dad trying to fix the fireplace, he lost his cool. He was like, Georgie, you have to drop him. And she was like, okay. And he went and begged her mom to let him cut down Georgie's favorite tree and made her fireplace mantle out of that tree. I knew he was a goner. Knew he was a goner. I was a goner. He was a goner. I was a goner. None of us were okay. He got so jealous. And the way that he was protective over her when they had family dinner and her family was just, because Georgie did nothing wrong for her family to treat her this way, except being the youngest, like the youngest. That's it. She had a successful business. She had her own place. So every time he would stick up for her in front of the family, I was just like, a man. A man. We love a man who's not scared to tell your family off when they're being dicks to you. And they were consistently so mean to her. And it was stemmed from things that she had no control over. Like, I liked that the book talked about how she dressed because she was always put in hand-me-downs so she never found like this sense of style and self-expression because she was just wearing like boys hand-me-downs and whatever and I think it takes a lot of confidence to be able to pull that off and not really give a shit but she lost so much of that confidence because no one ever believed in her and it made me so sad for her. And I feel like the town where they were in was a very small town. So everybody knew each other. Everybody knew Georgie. So she was never really given this opportunity to grow because these limitations were always put on her, which is why her and Travis Ford are such a good match because both of them thought that they couldn't grow like any higher, but they both proved to each other that they can. Yeah. This book has everything that I want. It has years, years of tension buildup from her thinking Travis was an all-star back in the day and like always wanting him and having this like childhood crush on him. It has amazing spice. We're going to talk about the spice. It has a sweet, very sweet love story, a really strong female main character who's not afraid to stick up for herself and not afraid to 
put other people in their place and like be a badass family drama which I'm always such a fan of and then I also loved the element of like women's empowerment through so Georgie and her friends basically are like fuck men this is stupid when Travis is kind of being a player and like doing his shit and so they formed the just us league and it's this cute little women's club where they like get together in one of their houses and drink wine and bitch about men and I'm like I would like to start a chapter of the just us league please and thank you I will definitely be joining if you do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it has everything and when we talk about the spice Travis Ford he's the alpha man he's also a family man the key is just both (laughs) you said that with such sincerity it's such hard Travis Ford goes grocery shopping grocery shopping Travis Ford is not afraid to buy you tampons when you're on your period he he will do it and he will make sure he gets the right size just the perfect man and I'm just very happy that Tessa Bailey was inspired to write this book yes and thinking about Dancy Swanson while he's saying these sweet filthy things you're like "Mm -hmm, I can get behind this I can get behind it I watched the Braves game the other day and I was just (laughs) like I can't separate the two anymore. No, I can't. And it honestly makes it so much better. Let's talk a little bit about some some of the spice. Talking about how spicy this was, how much we love Travis. I give this four peppers. And I, dare I say, execution hit out of the park. Home run on the execution. But yeah, I think it was four peppers. I think on my pepper scale, five peppers is like, like great, like I would say the ritual, that book that we read at the beginning of the year, I would give that five pepper just because it was incredibly kinky um, and had some triggers. So like, if we're just having like good old vanilla, dirty talk sex, I'm giving it four peppers. Yeah, I, I agree. When I think of a five star, I think of the ritual. Yeah, that book was fucking spicy. <laughs> like that book was incredibly spicy. And I never knew what direction it was going to go in. I was just like, I was like, okay, next chapter. And you gave it, it was your number one book of the year. So anyone that read that was, it was. Like, we know what Emily's <laughs> getting into. And I loved it for you. <laughs> I also gave this, so I gave it 3.5 to four peppers. It was just like the, when he took her virginity and he was just like the dirty talk. When they had sex in the dugout, the oh. baseball dugout. Oh my God. <laughs> I was I was quite literally blown away. <laughs> and he was not even hiding the fact that they were having sex in like a high school baseball like dugout. Like he was the Didn't dirty talk. Didn't give a fuck. And when they had family dinner and after he defended her to her family, they go into her pool house and he was like, Don't ask me that when I clearly want to fuck you into next Christmas. I was just like <laughs> or or one of one of Travis Ford's famous quotes, I'm no one's entertainment anymore. You want to play, I decide how. No, here's the thing. The night that he took her virginity, he he also took my virginity because I was overwhelmed. I would like for y'all to know that Emily and I have little outlines of things that we're going to share. The spice scene, everything I wrote is in all caps. And then several times I put goodbye world in all caps because it was that good. Okay, so when he takes her virginity, they set up this cute little like date at home, right? Like they're ordering in food. They were going to watch a movie. So they get the food. He says, 
we're just about done being fucking cute for tonight, Georgie. So I hope you got it out of her, out of your system. And she says, are we? He says, yes. His eyes turned serious. He lowered her onto the couch, his mouth moving a mere inch above hers. We are. So hot. And he, before, before this, he wanted to make sure that she had food. So he was like food, like fork speeding her and was like, I'm at my wit's end. Take a yes. bite. And I was just like. And then he says this to her, like, I'm done being fucking cute. She goes, so what are we going to be instead? Bad, really fucking bad, baby girl. Travis Ford and his baby girls. <laughs> like, I just... I'm not normally a baby girl. My face is red. I know, like, I'm, I'm like red. Well. I'm, I'm like fan going right now. I was like, maybe I should go to church soon. I just don't know. So I absolutely love when folks have limo sex scenes or just like passionate limo scenes. I just don't know what it is. The suit, the dress, just having to have that passion and just like needing to have that person right now. I just think that that scene is just so hot and Tessa Bailey did not disappoint with the limo scene. No. This book is a standalone, but there's also three in this series. And I, this book made me want to go and read the other two, like right away. Cause I just know that it would be so good. I also think Travis Ford was what I liked so much about the spice was because she was a virgin. He was like a teacher. He was teaching her how to do things. And she asked, how do you want this? How do you want me to give you pleasure? And he was like, oh, I'll fucking tell you and tell her he did. Throughout this book, we, we see that Travis Ford doesn't want Georgie to feel lower because, because she's the youngest, more kiddish because she's the youngest. And he did not want her to be ashamed that she is a virgin, that she doesn't know all this stuff. So he never made her feel like anything less because she had less experience than him, which I thought was even more hot. Yeah, I loved it. And when he's teaching her and she's like being, she's also just like very cute and likable as a character. And so she says, please. And he says, I like the word, please. More, harder, faster, deeper. Those work too. Butterflies. <laughs> Butterfly. I will simply exit this planet because that was I was like, okay. Same. That's I it. didn't I did not read this book in public. And I'm very happy that I did not read this book in public. Because if somebody asked, like, oh, what am I reading? I think I would be out of I would be speechless. I would uh, But the the thing that Tessa Bailey does that I appreciate so much is she put those she puts those damn cartoons yeah. on the cover so you would never know. Never know that we're reading like straight up porn. <laughs> agreed agreed because she I don't think you I'm gonna bring them to you but for those of you who might have read Hook, Line, and Sinker and it happened one summer those are also written by Tessa Bailey both have cartoons on the cover both are fucking incredible it's a duology about two sisters and it happened one summer is based off of Alexis from Schitt's Creek which is incredible so she's really good at these like discreet covers and just jam packed with incredible spice. For our next segment, let's get talking. One of my favorite parts of this podcast. So we're going to get into the discussion questions. This book is based off of Dan's being athlete. So Sav, who is the hot, who do you think is the hottest athlete? This is an incredibly hard question because we just came off the masters and Scotty Scheffler gives me frat daddy fucking hot energy. So I think that he's really hot. I think Dansby Swanson is fine as fuck. Angelton Simmons, who did play for the Braves in like 2016, 
also fine as fuck. So I just, I cannot, I cannot simply narrow it down to one. My hottest athlete is Tom fucking Wilson. So I think I am very big into hockey. So and hockey players are notoriously hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And Tom Wilson plays for Washington Capitals. There is this really hot TikTok of him. I will post it on our I'm story. I'm Googling him right now. <laughs> he, oh! I know. <laughs> Emily, this is a block-faced motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> this is so your type. It is criminal. So my type. He is very tall. He is very big. His jawline is a block face. It was like that shit was chiseled into a block. Fine as hell. I don't even watch the Washington Capitals play hockey, but I just think he is so hot. I'm about to Google who are the hottest athletes. Tyler Sagan is really hot. Who is that? He plays hockey for Dallas. He is a tatted man and he's so tatted, but he doesn't have his back tattooed because he said that will be reserved for when he has kids and he wants to put like their footprints on his back. A man. Oh. I will say a lot of people, I googled 20 hottest men, all women's talk magazine, sizzling sportsmen, um, a lot of Olympians. Ryan Lochte is number one. Oh, he's hot. Ryan Lochte's hot. I don't know. I don't know if I, how I feel about his. He had like a little scandal. I like a scandalized man. That could make him hotter in my book. Oh, I forgot about that scandal. <laughs> yeah. Apparently didn't matter to Women's Talk magazine because they still think he's bangable. So that's good. I will say, here's the thing. I don't know if I can break it down by athlete of who is the hottest. Sports-wise, I think that soccer players are fine, consistently fine as fuck. Baseball players also consistently fine as fuck. And I like the build of like an offensive lineman. If I have to describe what I want in a man, I want like a former Juco lineman. That's what I want in my life. Yeah, I'm looking up Tom Wilson's stats. He's 6'3". He not- could be taller. He could be taller. <laughs> one of my friends had this thing, you know, we, we stand a short kink. But one, of my, friends, <laughs> one of my friends back in middle school and she always tells us this that if he's under six feet he's a friend (gasps) see I I feel this for women that are like between five four and maybe like five eight I am five one I feel like I need to stay in my lane you know what I'm saying like respectfully Seth is like five ten five eleven And we still have a significant height difference. So I'm going to stay over here. But I do, I mean, I love a tall man. But I recognize that there are only so many of them. And like, maybe I don't need to take them away from everybody. I just, athletes, what can we say? I'm getting flustered all over again. Yeah. If you like athletes, read Mariana Zapata books. Because, oh, incredible. She can write a male athlete. (laughs) Drool worthy switching it up a little bit who do you think was the worst member in Georgie's family I have strong opinions about this do you have strong opinions about this I do have strong opinions on it and for me it's the mom I just I didn't like her from the beginning she never stood up for Georgie when it came to her siblings and then I hate how she just crashed into the just us league and took it away from those three girls who really wanted to have this organization and completely just made them all flustered 
invited everybody, got everybody involved in Georgie, her sister and their friend's business. To me, the mom is the worst. Mm. I didn't realize the mom has major Karen energy. Like, I feel like in 2022, she'd be like videoing shit in like a Starbucks. Like She'd be like the one that was yelling at workers in a Starbucks. For her, like the oldest child, that's it. That is the epitome of the peak. Like, if you're not the oldest child going to medical school, CEO, MBA, like, it doesn't matter. So, to me, her whole family sucks. But to me, the mom is the absolute worst. Okay, so now I'm rethinking mine because I thought that the brother was the worst, but he was the oldest child and he was the boy. So, he was favored so much by the mom. So, she created this, like, perpetually shitty dynamic. So, it was her fault that the family was fucked up. No, I just cannot stand the mom. And I think that the brother was let off too easily, too easily. I was like, no, if my brother acted that way, it would be a strong, you might not even be invited to the wedding, but I'm not just going to, oh, you drove me to my future husband and you're all forgiven. Yeah, no, I don't like, and I, but I think that's part of why I like Georgie so much because she was like, she forgives easily. She's a sweet cute little person she had that kind of energy and so I don't think that she's the type that's going to hold a grudge and she loved her family so much even though they were such dicks to her over and over and over again she wanted to be loved so badly and she found it her mom didn't even come to that brunch in her new house remember she planned that brunch at the beginning nobody from her family showed up the mom should have been like no get your asses everybody's coming to Georgie's house she should have been there early, but she was just like, oh, like, what brunch? I was like, no, I did not like her from the beginning. No. Listen, when we have children, if they want to plan a brunch, what's the theme? There. Yeah. Give me a theme, baby. I will dress up. I will bring a snack. You just let me know what you need. We are we the supportive moms. What did you think of her sister? I liked the sister. I think that she was not super memorable, but I also think that that's because she has her own book. So I'm curious to see what, like, what more of her story would look like. I liked the sister. I think that she also got shit on a lot, too, by the brother mm-hmm. and the parents. And so um, maybe they just don't like women, which is not good. But I liked that because she, like, really wanted to be this professional woman. She had a great job, but they didn't ever want to give her more responsibility. This is why Travis Ford is the best man. So his dad was, like, deadbeat dad had a house where they lived and he he had the deed for the house like the house belonged to him and when him and Georgie went through their third act breakup he went and gave that house to Georgie's sister and was like I know how much this project will mean to you and how much your happiness means to Georgie so here's your key like he gave her sister the opportunity to grow and do something that was so passionate for her and I was just like I just uh, How do you feel about a third act breakup? Does it bother you? Have you accepted it? I've accepted it because I I think that these books would be a lot more boring if there's not, there either needs to be a third act breakup, or I know this is so bad, or a third act big event happens, accident, that like something needs to happen in the third act or the books will be too boring. Okay, if authors listen to this and they start killing people because you just said that, I'm going to be fucking pissed. I'm okay with the third act, but my biggest thing that I hate is when it happens because of miscommunication. 
Oh, I hate the miscommunication I, trope. I hate it. It hate makes it. me angry. It makes me so angry. I need, if there is going to be a third stage breakup, I need it to last a minimum of two chapters. Yeah, I don't need fair. it just to be sprinkled in and then. And then we comes back. just glaze over it. Here's the thing though. If there's a third act breakup and it is over something cheating, like something that is like genuinely breakup worthy. And then we just get back together. I'm like, no, no, we, I need no time. I'm still upset. So in this book, we have friends with benefits situation. That's basically what Travis and Georgia do fake dating. They are friends with benefits. There are no feelings, Travis, like there's no feelings attached. And Sav, could you enter into a friends with benefits situation? Hmm. So the thing about this is that I have tried several times and I have failed several times and I have gotten my little heart broken so many times doing this. So yes, I could. And yes, it does not work for me because I get so emotionally invested and I get my little feelings hurt when no one wants to commit to me long-term. But now I'm married, so it works. it's fine. But for a while there, this was a constant situation. I want to say that I could, that I know that I, like, I would fall immediately. So as much as I would want to. So Friends with Benefits books, movies, like No Strings Attached, is one of my favorite, like, rom-com movies to watch or to read. But I know that as soon as I say yes... I for me I romanticize everything I'm like oh like it's gonna turn out like the book did or like the mm-hmm. movie did but it's mm-hmm. not gonna be what's gonna happen so I want to say I could enter it but I just know deep down I would not be able to it's probably because I'm a Pisces <laughs> and in college it was awkward because you could enter the friends of benefits but you would still see them so once they crushed your heart because you told them yeah no like I'm not going to fall in love. And then you like gain feelings and then you have to see him while you're walking to like your 9am bio class or something. Listen, here was the thing about a friends with benefits with me. There are several instances that come to mind. I sophomore year of college got into a little car accident on my way back from Easter weekend. We're on like, I don't know, sixth anniversary of this happening. And so I was like, Oh no, like I'm sore. Like, I don't feel good. I got in a car accident. So friends with benefits at the time came and spent the night with me and like hugged me. That is not friends with benefits behavior. And so I got my stupid little hopes up and then I got up. I was the problem because I was upset about expecting too much. That's the problem. This is the problem. Men mess up the friends with benefits situation. Not yes. Yes, men do. Men do it when they blur the lines. Yes, because if you're gonna take care of me while I'm sick, that shows that you care just a little bit. Yeah, because that happened to me. I one time got sick, and the guy took care, ice cream, everything, and like I was like, wait, (laughs) no, men blur the lines, not females, and they blame it on us when we overreact but it's like your actions brought this situation to this level and now you're gonna now you're trying to gaslight me and tell me i'm fucking crazy absolutely not no absolutely so not. women if a man has ever told you that you you're crazy because you fell when he told you not to fall it's not your fault it is his fault it is absolutely his fault every time because you know that they did some sort of action that led you there 
maybe you read too far into it. No, no. no. If I was to enter into a friends, but I need a contract. Even if it's like a 50, even if it's like a 50 part contract, I would need a contract. Cause if not, I'm just going to like, I'm going to think, wait, is it's like what I'm, and this will happen to Georgie too. Georgie was like, wait, am I feeling like, no. Contract. The problem is that we always think like, oh, he says that he doesn't want anything serious, but like, I can lock it down. <laughs> like I got this shit. I can, I can change it. <laughs> I can put it on lock real quick. And then it turns out that they were being serious. Cause I have entered into a friends with benefits situation where I didn't have feelings for that person. He didn't have feelings for me. We were chilling. Right. And that was fine. It's the opposite where like you have a crush on them and then you start sleeping with them. That's when things go awry. So find him in a bar. I don't know, like do something else, but never, never willingly be like, oh, I like him. So let me just sleep with him and then we'll just be casual. Cause that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to end up crying. This book provided us with lots of good quotes. That's another thing that Tessa Bailey does. She always includes really good quotes. We all love a good quote. One of my favorite quotes from this book was, Maybe it was the way she only reached his shoulder that sent protectiveness surging up to his juggler while somehow at the very same time, he wanted to seek refuge in her. (laughs) Wedding vows. I want to cry. (laughs) Wedding vows. Wedding vows. Thank you, Tessa Bailey. And then we have, when he says, Travis says, I've met her twice in my life. This time I was smart enough to fall in love with her and he follows it up with, I'll make sure she knows every day that she's the air I breathe. That's a promise. That is a man in love. He is worshiping the ground that Georgie walks on. Travis Ford was obviously written by a woman. A woman wrote Travis Ford. He is the kind of guy where if you touch Georgie, he will kill you. No doubt about it. That's all I want in life. Truly. I will say. If I were you, because you are out here in the world, single, ready to mingle, maybe, right? We're ready to mingle. We're ready to mingle. I keep, for those who don't know me, I keep pushing it back. It's been, oh, next she August, does. the past five years. And it's always so like, August. yeah, I'm going to start dating in August. And then August rolls around. She's like, mm, maybe November. And then November gets here and she's like, well, it's Christmas time. Can't do it now. And then we end up back in August and she'll push it back again. But if I was single, I would be constantly disappointed with men out in the real world because they don't talk like this. No, they don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. So there are some fine, fine men on book talk who are Mm -hmm. reading all these smut books. And I feel when I eventually mingle and meet somebody, I'd be like, hey, here's some reading. Because yeah. it's even not even just like the dirty talk or whatever. It's just like the sweet things. Sometimes yeah. men just need to push because you never know like what they were taught or what they know. And I don't see that there's anything wrong. Just like, here's some books, here's some literature, some research. Here's some research. Yeah. Here's some research for you. Speaking of um, boyfriends, it's time. This is my favorite part of the show is our boyfriend pyramid. As a reminder, if this is your first time tuning in, Emily and I, women in STEM, again, we do have master's degrees. So we have somewhat trained for this. We have a book 
boyfriend pyramid. Four levels at the bottom. Soft launching on Instagram. That's as far as we're going to go. His elbow in your Instagram story. Maybe you're covering up the coffee, covering up his face. We can't see any features. So the average human won't know who this is. That's your height of the commitment to this man. We're not into him. Then we have, could have been the one. You probably lived together. You were down to like share a bathroom with him. You could have been on a lease together and may thought that he was going to be the one, but it just didn't work out in the end. Then we have white picket fence. You want to have a family, kids, a dog, a cute little house with a mortgage and a white picket fence. That's what you're looking for with this man. And then of course, at the top, we have God tier. Not all men can be God tier, but select few can be. Vicious was God tier. Noah Riley for us was like, for me, he was in between white picket fence, could have been the one. So He's where white picket fence for me. So where do you put Travis Ford? God tier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he is God tier and I can have that white picket fence with Travis Ford. But yeah. he has that spite. Like, how we were talking with Noah Riley last episode, how he was just missing that oomph. Travis mm-hmm. Ford has that oomph. So he is God tier. I have a, a bold statement to make. Travis Ford is white picket fence in the streets, God tier in the streets. <laughs> no, that's it. That that's it. That is a one-liner about Travis Ford. If you want to know uh, anything about Travis Ford, it is that statement. When he he just wanted Georgia to be happy, stood up to her family. Went knew what would take for Georgie to be happy, supported her dreams, was hot as hell, reached his dream. So God tier for me. Yes. White picket fence in the streets, God tier in the sheets. That's how I feel about Travis Ford. Tessa Bailey, find us. (laughs) Tessa Bailey, we love you. We love you, babe. If you ever want to come on the podcast, girl, you just let us know. I will fly to Long Island. (laughs) Like, let's go somewhere. 100%. We will take the Long Island ferry to come see you because we love you. And you write, you write a man like no one else can. Like if I could manifest any man that I'd want to be married to, it'd be a man written by Tessa Bailey. That's all for Fix Her Up. Hope you loved it. We obviously loved it. We are only talking about books that we love. If you haven't picked up on that, if we hate a book, we'll tell you in private, but we only want to. We only want to give credit to authors and books that we love on this podcast and things that make us happy. So here we are talking about shit that we love. I just feel like we're going from one hot man to the other. So next week we'll be covering The Bully by Sophie Lark. It's on Kindle Unlimited. It can be read as a standalone. If you would like to read it as a standalone, I devoured the whole series. So good. Dean Yenon is just, it is mafia, Russian bravada, secret school. It is just it's just amazing. I just, I don't want to give too much away, but definitely read this book because you will fall in love with Dean Yenon just like we did. If you don't know anything about the Kingsmaker series, let me sum it up for you. Mafia, boarding, school. Boom. What else do you need to know? And And it's college. It's not high school. It's college. So they are older. It's college. So they're older. And Sophie has like an entire mafia back collection. Like if you want to read mafia smut, Sophie Lark is the go-to. Nobody does mafia smut like her. No, 100%. And like literally mafia 
boarding school. That's music to my fucking ears. <laughs> we hope that you like it as much as we do, as much as we did. And we look forward to talking about next week. And we hope you guys enjoy this episode. And we'll see you guys next week. As a reminder, some people have a bookshelf. We have a spice rack. Thank you.